This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, Frigid Monday, we do a podcast, that's what they call it. What's up, Al Dukes? Oh, hi there, Jerry. I uh, wanted to start off with something that I found interesting that I found on YouTube. You know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if you go to the YouTube homepage, if you're signed in, if you if you sign into YouTube. I don't sign in, but I do go there, and it does keep all my recent views, so I got with the recommendations. Yeah, they get the, yeah, I wasn't sure if you needed to be signed in for that or what, but I, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm always signed in on my computer at home, so... When I go there, they always give me recommendations, and a lot of times it's uh, they're good recommendations, things I would never find on my own. So one came up uh, over the weekend that I did watch. It's uh, Anthony Cumia, Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Yeah, sure. You know, he when he left uh, Sirius XM or got fired, I, I think he got fired, uh, he started his own a pay service called Compound Media. And must be doing very well. He's been doing it for many, many years now. Right. He's still doing it. So he found a, a clip of Howard Stern, and it's Howard Stern yelling about Don Imus. And Anthony's uh, setup here is Howard Stern has become everything he was yelling at Don Imus <laughs> in this clip. Really? So I've, I've queued it up for you. Oh, okay. Because I think it's fun to listen to. Uh, and many years ago, when I was having conversations with radio people, they said, you know, we, you know, when people make fun of Imus, they go, everyone eventually becomes Imus. Mm. You know, you you stay in the business as long as you can. You get older, like sure. just just everyone becomes, or people become what they hate. Right. So, like Howard always hated Imus, but did he become Imus? Mm. So let me play you this clip, Jerry, and okay. just think of. Uh, what Howard is yelling about, I'm is about, and what Howard's uh, life and show is like now, yes? Yes. All right. Here we go. Imagine you're a young woman in the prime of your life, and this woman must have been desperate for some sort of fame or money or something to marry such a slug, <laughs> a man who abandoned his wife and three children, <laughs> Miserable wretch. Of course, wants a trophy wife because his self-esteem is so low. He needs one. He needs. Wow. He needs a trophy wife. Every guy would love a trophy, but he needs one because he's a filthy pig. And his career. I mean, what's it like to have once been the number one guy in New York? What's it like to have your ratings, your self-esteem, and everything ripped away? So you've got to find a young woman who somehow can feed your ego. But every night when he climbs on top of her, he knows. You think it's every night? Yeah, maybe not. 
Well, every morning, her, you know, I don't care how much money he has, every morning. I mean, the corpse that he is, that poor young girl has to spread her legs every morning is Halloween. She has Halloween, the horror of Halloween. What kind of monster is going to be in bed with me? This there's no trick. It's only, uh, there's no treat. There's only a trick when, uh, when he gets in bed. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Wow. I thought I thought it was going to go in a different direction. I thought it was going to no. go in a direction of hanging on, broadcasting in your 60s. No, it's just funny, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I do think it's hmm, it's interesting. Yes, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, listen, you love gone. Stern. You tell I me. Do. I do. No, you're right. Well, listen, these these things happen. We uh, change as we get older, Jerry. It's why it's, it's actually... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, that's why it's difficult when you make a declarative statement at a younger age about someone older yeah. than you, and you haven't gone through it yet. Yeah. We're all going through it now. Because you but don't it, know. It brought up to me. I thought of this and listening to it over the weekend. After the thing came up today, we were talking about the Britney Spears documentary, yeah. which uh, even if you didn't see it, the, to me, the, the shocking part of it was is how she was portrayed in the popular media as being this slut. And they would just say like the, the meanest things about her, sure, w- which you would never get away with today. Right. Like Jay Leno doing jokes, mean jokes about her, yeah. you know? Uh, but it reminded me of like Jimmy Kimmel who did the man show. Yep. Women jumping on trampolines. Yeah. Put your hand in my pants. See what you could see if you could guess the object in my pants. Like, and now he's like sort of this moral compass on who, how everyone should behave. Step over and step on everybody to get to where you got to get to, and then all of a sudden you reverse course. Yeah, Sarah Silverman is, you know, I just think really, I think a lot of it came out because of the Trump stuff, so a lot of these people came out and was just bashing Trump for being, you know, saying mean things. Sure. But meanwhile, you built a career saying mean things. Yeah, yeah, everybody uh, does. Yeah, and it was funny, like Sarah Silverman came out and she issued an apology for... Uh, joke she did about Britney Spears uh, after someone called her out for it. And, and she said to the person who brought up the jokes and brought up the video, well, you know, are you, are you trying to help or are you trying to hurt like with, by surfacing this? And it's just that mm-hmm. it's just trying to point out that if you're going to spend your time telling us all how to behave now, better watch about have the a skeletons clean record. in your closet. It's exactly right. Yeah. Which, which many people have skeletons in their closet, but then you just don't, you just can't be the person that goes around telling people how to live. Correct. That's exactly right. Hypocrisy. Yes. And a lot of it. That's what this whole world is basically revolves around. It really is. It's terrible. Yeah. So that yeah, doesn't these, surprise me. Yeah, but these shows, like, uh, they really were, like, bashing Britney Spears. Yeah. Like everyone was having a good laugh at her expense. Yeah. I See, I actually think what Boomer was trying to get to, and I now it's kind of adding up because I didn't understand the context uh, when I had the when I put the show back on after I was getting set for my segment, then I put the show back on in my head in my headset, and I heard Boomer trying to relate this to what we do as talk show hosts, right? The and bashing I, Adam Gase and that. Yeah, sort of thing. and I didn't know why he was going there, but now it makes sense. Um, I, I happen to agree with him. You know, it's it's easy to sit here behind a microphone or behind a TV camera, and you do what's good for ratings. But the key to me is when you then all of a sudden get confronted by that person, how you handle it. A lot of people wither. Right. You know, it's the ones that can... I thought Craig was really good with that because he would destroy someone and then he'd meet them in the in the newsroom 
And he'd be like, dude, I'm doing a show, man. Get over it. Right. <laughs> it was like, the, and it's true. Like, that was the greatest response. And he didn't care because I guess what happened between six and 10 was, was a show. And it was deal with it. But to that point, we do take liberties at people and they really don't get a chance to defend themselves. Right. And it really is. And I've said this many times to you there's no accountability. You put the microphone on, for the most part, I should say. You put the microphone, you sit there and spew venom. And then your show's over, and you figure out what to do tomorrow. Meantime, you're just over fifty thousand watts. God knows how many people are listening. You just might have destroyed a person, right? You know. And then who are you? It's it's an interesting dynamic. It is. It is an interesting dynamic of what we do here. Yeah, what we do in the the media, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. All yeah, to that entertain. Was a, that was one of the reasons why Craig used to like to have guests in studio, because if he was saying something mean or mean or what could be perceived as mean on the phone if he did it with a smile to your face right it, you you knew like if people didn't people out of the market didn't know who Craig was you know the players that played here probably did if they listened to the radio station but people that were big stars in other markets wouldn't know who we were right anybody on the show other than boomer so if you're joking around with somebody on the phone, they may be like, who's this guy? Right. But if it's in person and they're smiling and having a good time and patting you on the shoulder while they're saying it, you know, it's a different it changes. dynamic. It changes the dynamic. Of no it, doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of Howard Stern. Yeah. Greg mentioned the Butt Bongo Fiesta last week. Yes. So I went and checked it out. Yes, Butt Bongo Fiesta. 1992. Yeah. Can you believe Paul Turner was the voice of that in 1992? <laughs> the WFAN voice guy. Yeah. God almighty, yes. Yeah. That is remarkable. It's 30 remember, years ago. I remember Howard was annoyed because he said he found Paul Turner, you know, and uh, you made him the voice of his show, and then every station just started taking Paul Turner. Yeah. Well, he's the voice of, like, America. Yeah. It's amazing. You imagine how much w- money that guy F-A-A. brings in? Ugh. Never has he was working from home back when it was. No I know. One even knew you could work from home. I know. Pretty W-F-A-N. wild. WFAN FM New yep. York. Pretty incredible. Uh, then we were talking a little bit about, and I had a little fun po- poking at uh, Pat Boyle, a guy who works here part time, that he was doing Big Ten volleyball on a streaming service. Yes, play by play. We're like, ah, wait, what terrible job. Da, da. But. Um, I will say, you know, when people say how they, you know, how do you get into the business? That's one of the ways to do it. And I remember now in, uh, when I was doing my, my podcast, interview podcast, and I had Kevin Burkhardt on. I think he started, like he went to some local high school or something. He did uh, WGH, I know. What, what the hell was it? W, oh God. Like he, went to some lo- he went to some local radio station. Yeah, it was 1500 WGHT in Palmden Plains. I worked there too. And wanted to asked if he could broadcast high school football games or something. Yeah. I did that. Just I to did get the, on the... did the same the, thing. Yeah. So and now look at him and look at him and you, Jerry. Big yeah, star. It's funny, actually, because I went there because I wanted to do games. So when they called me, I was under the assumption I was going there to do the game. And when I get there, they said, well, no, no, not you. We don't know who you are. You're not going to get to do the game. You can assist the announcers, though, with the game. I'm like, oh, Okay. So I remember going and setting up for them and everything, and they base and I was I was probably that had to have been ninety ninety six I want to say so I was like twenty two ish or so it was right before I started interning here, and I remember they made me like a runner, 
I wasn't doing anything, so I left at halftime. <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, and then they did call me back, and they let me do, I, I think I did one high school basketball game, but that was it. But that, but that's one of those places like, you know, me and you at, uh, what was the name of where we go? WJDM. WJDM in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yeah, and that one. And this was, it was WGHT. I'm almost sure that was the name of it. I could be here, but it was definitely 1500 AM. That I remember. And it was just a good place, a local mom-and-pop radio show, uh, radio station where you could get a start. So much like Kevin Burkhart, I did almost the same thing. Yeah. And there was, uh, I think me, you, and Tom Izzo went to talk to uh, Gina's uh, class. At, yes. Uh, or there was like a broadcasting camp that was being held at yep. uh, one of the colleges. And uh, we all talked to them. And uh, we we talked in particular about Izzo who sort of created his own job at WFAN by becoming the social media guy when radio stations started to find out that would be important, but right. no one knew how to do it. Right, sure. Right, so he created his own job. So He got lucky. He also came along at the perfect time. Yes, it was all good time. Absolutely. But, you know, so in that talk about, you know, trying to create your own opportunities and things, and there was a, um, a female student in one of Gina's classes, communications class, that decided... You know, no one was doing girls volleyball at the Georgian court where she was going to school. Right. So she just decided to uh, start doing the games on her. Um, what was the Twitter thing that that you would, could broadcast live on? Jesus, the video. I don't uh, remember. You know, yeah, I, I know what you're what talking about. You know, you would go live, not Instagram live. It yeah, was the no, one, I know. It was the one that was on its own for a while. Yeah. Now it's like the Twitter one. Um, and so she just started doing those games. At you know, she'd put it up, stream it through her phone, yeah, to whoever you know. And again, it was like this the the family of the students playing in the games, but there was no one else doing it, so she started doing it. Yeah, and then it's just a matter of being consistent with it. You can't do one volleyball no. game and then not show up for the next one. You be consistent with so it. So after I graduated from New Jersey City University, Jersey City State is how I graduated. Yeah, I think I've told it's you New this Jersey before. City University now. Yeah, Jersey. No, it's now. I was the I was the last graduating class of Jersey City State College, and I was uh, Kane College, which is now also. But the guy went all university when we left. Yeah, right? how about that? So when I went, when I left, I really decided I wanted to get into um, basketball play-by-play. It's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I called Ira Thor, who was the SID there. Still is today, I believe. I think he runs the whole athletic department. Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, listen, I really want to do basketball games. They had a good basketball team. No one did the games. It was Division Three. I don't care if anybody listens, but do you care if I stream games? And he said, absolutely, come on in. And he helped me out immensely. And I did two full seasons for no pay. Right. Not a dime. And then in the middle of those two seasons, I did USA, I forget what, USABL basketball with Ray Martell. It was a semi-pro league. We did the Brooklyn Kings for no pay. Yeah. So I did like three full basketball seasons for nothing, just trying to build a resume. And then a couple of years later, I got interviewed with Columbia and got the job. It was interesting, too, like even doing this podcast that you and I started doing this in 2015, believe it or not, yes. January or February of 2015. And we built up a chemistry with it that when we got an opportunity even to just do the 15 minutes on FAN that we had already been doing the back and forth for so long, just really practicing Yeah, to even do the hour then. 100%. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, because it went from the podcast to the 15 minutes on the air. So then to the full hour. And hell, we did five hours once and it was no problem. Right. 
Yeah, there's, it, you know, it's kind of like, so I did, as you know, I did a couple Cowboy games this year, and Michelle Salvatore has given me a lot of opportunity to call games uh, for Compass, which has been great. But I stopped doing the Columbia football games, I guess, three years ago, I want to say, maybe four years ago. And so when you're doing games, you're in rhythm. It's all good. Like this year, I went and did the first game. I did Cowboys, Bengals, and Cincinnati. And it took me like a solid quarter to kind of get my feet under me again because I hadn't done it in so long. Then I got to do the Cowboys-Giants three weeks later, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. It's just it's hard to just kind of pop in and do something when you're not in that rhythm or you don't have any sort of consistency. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, So when I always joke that nobody listens to all these podcasts that people are doing, but if you're doing it to get reps on how to do this and how to fill time and how to yeah. create content, then it's worth it. Of course. And it's got, you got to do something somewhere somehow to give yourself, you know, to build up a resume is a good word, I guess, but reps, whatever word you want to use. It's funny because I also mentioned, I've told you about Mr. Beast, right? I've told you about him on, on YouTube. Oh, yeah, Mr. Beast on YouTube. So Mr. Beast on YouTube has, I'm going to pull up the exact number because I believe. What does this guy do again? Well, so here's the deal. He does YouTube videos where they destroy things, where they just do pranks, where there are challenges, and he gives away a just a boatload of money out. I mean, just a fortune. He has got 53 million subscribers to his YouTube channel. Now, it's 2021. It's, again, interesting you brought all this up today because about 9 o'clock, it hit me watching him yesterday because I love his skit. They're, they're really they're fun to watch. I decided, how the hell did this guy start? Yes. So I went and watched the video, The Evolution of Mr. Beast. He posted his first video in 2012, and it was just a video gaming video that I find boring, but whatever. Me too. In 2015, he still had less than 1,500 subscribers. And then he started posting other things, and I'm, I'm at that point now where he's about to blow up. But you're talking in the last six years, he's gone from 1,500 subscribers to 53 million. It's unbelievable. It yes. really is. And that was a guy who was just kind of pounding the pavement for years, a guy he was in high school, and really was getting nothing back for it. And then all of a sudden, something happened. I'm, on the, I'm getting to the something happened part. Very interesting. Yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah, and, I don't understand the YouTubers, the ones that have like millions and millions and millions of followers. I, uh, that's just something that I'm out of touch with. Me neither. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's it's great. And the guy's in, he's in Missouri. Like, <laughs> he's not exactly. This is where anybody that says you got to be in New York. No, you don't have to be in New York anymore. No, not to be a YouTube star. You do not have to be in New York anymore. You do not. I don't think you have to be in New York for anything. I really don't. Yeah. It's now everything is so remote and please, it's crazy. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm up show. All right. You don't have to be in New York for that either because I'm in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. Very true. All right, Jerry, we'll see you tomorrow on a Tuesday. So, what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never before told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning.
and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Well, we do try our best. A couple of minutes after 5, we start a new week. Usually football Monday, there's no football. So instead, I'm in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri and down the Jersey Shore, a man by the sea, an old man by the sea, with his puppy, who he enjoyed Valentine's Day with. His name is Al Haldukes. What's up, Al? Oh, hi, Jerry. Yes, I did enjoy Valentine's Day with my puppy, and uh, Gina was here as well. And I got to tell you, Jerry... I probably put on a little bit of a show for my neighbors. There was a lot of moaning going on over here. You and Gina really got at it, huh? Uh, Gina was moaning, Jerry, uh, mainly because her shoulders uh, hurt and I hit the pressure points. Ah. I have a knack for pressure points, Jerry. If you ever—it would be a little odd me massaging you, but— I'm Why? really good at jamming my thumbs into a pressure point on a human being. Like, I know where the pressure points Maybe are. Maybe that's your next career. Masseuse. Yeah. You know, like, I was, like, putting pressure points on her shoulder, on her near her elbow, her feet. You're rubbing like, her could... feet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that was where, where the moaning came from. <laughs> Al's boring massage. I don't know if that would fly. What's that, me massaging people? Well, if you call it Al's boring massage. Like, the whole boring thing, I think, for massage, has got to be thrown out the window. <laughs> Gina goes to this place down down here in the Jersey Shore called Happy Feet, where they just massage your feet. Yeah, hey, listen, if, they, if you're into that, good for you. I'm out on that. Me too. I'll pass. Do you imagine <laughs> if that's your career, what your hands must stink like? Well, as I said Ugh. there, I go, I, go, is it, I go, is it older people rubbing your feet? I go, there's no way you could get young people to rub people's feet. She said, yeah, no, there's some young people I'm in there. I'm sure there are. If you're going to be a masseuse and you're going to rub down body parts, yeah. that's what you do. I said, do. I said, do they hang like things on the wall that have their accreditations their on it? Their certificates. Their certificates. She says, no, no certificates. Acme Massage School. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you need a, a certificate to, to, rub, to. to rub feet only. No, if come you're on. Only you rubbing have feet. to. Pressure points and things, yeah. It's uh you know some of these rituals go back many many years Jerry with the where you feel like if you have a headache and I could rub a part of your foot yeah, then your headache goes away. You know what works for me? Advil. Advil you'd prefer <laughs> to, to take. Quite honest, I've tried if, I've tried everything with a headache. Nothing works except for Advil. Jerry, what if I applied pressure to your big toe and then that would it go away maybe from that? I would I would love to see you try and apply pressure to my big yeah. toe with no <laughs> sock on. Ugh, I don't want to touch my toe, let alone you. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Gina goes, no, well, when you first go in there, you soak your feet for 15 minutes. It's still disgusting. Right, that's not going to take away some stank foot from somebody. And yeah, when we go to the beach, you got those magnifying uh, binoculars you bought. Binoculars, yeah. You'll be staring at feet this summer. No, I'm not a foot guy. There's people that are... Uh, foot fetish is one of the biggest fetish around. That was Rex. Uh, Rex Ryan had the foot fetish. Yep, lot, like uh, I would say that's probably the most popular foot fetish. And they say it comes from when you're a little kid and you're crawling around on the floor. If your mom is a barefoot type of a mom, uh, that you find comfort in her. You know, when you're crawling around, that you see her feet. You yeah, know, I guess, she's there. Uh, I guess, really beautiful feet. Thank you. <laughs> I missed that part of my childhood. Yeah, thankfully. I guess my mother was wearing flip flops or something. Could you imagine? Uh, smell them. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Do you imagine if you spent all that feet. time on a Friday night just going after Gina's feet? Right. Wow, Jeez. they're like really soft. <laughs> Women on social media will tell you that if they post a photo and their feet are in the photo, like they get creep messages. Oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> Could you show your feet a little bit more? No, thank you, no. I can touch them. Yes. Thank you. Mm, thank you. I'll pass. <laughs> That's your wife, Rex. You could look and touch her feet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why'd you meet her in a parking lot? It doesn't make sense. Oh, man. The whole thing is bizarre. A lot of um, 
Was your car, did you ever have to get into your car this weekend where it was a total sheet of ice on the car? A uh, total sheet of ice? Yeah. No, but I almost went flying on so Sunday morning? Yeah. Or no, Saturday morning. I think it was Saturday morning, wasn't it? Whatever. One of the days I went out and uh, I'm looking, I'm like, hmm, is it just wet or is that, is it ice? ice? And I wasn't sure. And I almost took a dive. I didn't. Yeah. So I put this all that. I was okay. The car was not completely frozen over. The doors opened, no problem. Okay. But I did heat the car before I went out. I don't usually do that. I usually just go. Yeah, uh, I had a couple times where the well, I went out there and the windshield was a sheet of ice to the point where I could. I was like, I felt like I was a miner. I was chipping away yeah, at it. Sure, absolutely. Like I was in the ice age. You needed the scraper. I need. Yeah, but even the scraper was like doing nothing. Well, that's why you got to run the defroster. Right, and you, you got like to wait till the car, car for a half hour anyway. So it was, it was tremendous. <laughs> it was my kind of weather, Jerry. Warming up a car. God help Let's us. Let's go. That's, you know what? That's nobody's kind of weather. I don't care how much you like the winter. Anybody going out there when it's 21 degrees and your car's frozen over, there's no one on this planet that enjoys that. Yeah. I saw a lot of videos online of people falling on the, the black ice, as they say, yeah, it was the all pavement over. ice. Did you see yeah. the accident in Texas? And then there was another one in Oklahoma this weekend. The, I even uh, the saw that they up. I saw there was a 19 car accident on the Jersey Turn, was uh, there Jersey really? Parkway. Yeah. On the Jersey Parkway? Yeah. <laughs> you mean the Garden State Parkway Garden State or the Parkway. Jersey Turnpike? <laughs> What was the one in Texas? Like big trucks piling up on fog and ice? Yeah, by um, Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. it was. I believe it was right near Fort Worth. And then there was one in Oklahoma, and it was, I want to say, 16 or 17. Now, the one in, in, in Texas, I believe there were five fatalities. I don't know about mm. Oklahoma. I just saw some of the footage, and it looks like something out of a movie. Yeah. Just scary stuff. And not only that, how about they're expecting, I believe, I want to say four to six inches of snow in Dallas today. Is that right? That's like the week we were there for the Super Bowl because they yeah. don't know what to do. Remember we were there and the word was when we watched the news that the state, and why would they have them? The state of Texas had three plows. Yeah, they were not prepared for snow. You know how big the state of Texas is? That really reminded me of uh, we were there, uh, C- Captain Chaos Craig. That was yes. when he was in full-on Captain Chaos mode. Yes. We were driving in a car to go to the airport to, to leave. And, and it he was, was switching flights. He's switching flights. He goes like this. Mm, I think we'll be to the airport five minutes early. I think we could get an earlier flight. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're on a highway where they haven't plowed. <laughs> Tell me about Well, if you remember, too, I had planned. So that was Friday when we were leaving Dallas to come home. And I had plans, Friday, dinner plans Friday night. And he, if you remember, he you called me. He goes, you know, Craig's got room on the ride back. I'm like, well, no, I'm going to go switching home. flights. Yes. Jerry. I'm like, no, I'm going to go home tomorrow. He, and you were like, all right, cool. I'll see you Monday at work. Great. Five minutes later, the phone rings. It's Craig. Uh, we're leaving in 15 minutes. We'll see you downstairs. Click. <laughs> I, well, no, no, I'm not going. I, I called him right back yeah. and he didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. And I kept calling him like, I'm not going home tonight. Yeah. No, you've got to follow the rules, Jerry. Guess who went home that night? You did. Yes. <laughs> there was also a pileup in NASCAR. Yeah, well, yes, they're, at the, they're on the last lap. Which race was this now? The Daytona 500. Daytona 500. <laughs> I got to tell you, there were desperate sports fans on social media, you know, like checking my Twitter and things. Desperate sports fans was looking to bet on and watch anything. They were all well, about the NASCAR this weekend. There were things going on. The problem was there were no local games. Like, you had, you know, the Lakers played last night. You had a very big college basketball game yesterday afternoon. You had, uh, you had the Daytona 500. I mean, there were things happening. You had... Pebble Beach, uh, the Pro-Am, which was weird. That was on NBC. I always thought that was a CBS event. I took something away from it for me. Um, but there were things going on. It's just we had nothing locally. Yeah. It's a strange Sunday when there was nothing happening. 
And they say that. Uh, so I guess there was a very lengthy delay in NASCAR, Jerry. In the uh, would you call it the uh, Daytona 500? Yes, that's what I called it. Yes, they uh, that some of the drivers. I mean, it was a very lengthy delay. Some of the drivers left and went to drive-through restaurants. I saw that to get food. I did see that. One went to the the Panda Express. One went to Panda Express. One ran through the McDonald's drive. Did they go in their race cars? No, they did not. That which would I would be cool. That, that would have been awesome. <laughs> That would be cool. Hey, look, Bubba Wallace just pulled up. <laughs> Going through McDonald's. Yeah. He wants a Big Mac. <laughs> that would be great. So, And I don't know. this. The delay was why? I think there was an accident. No, that, that couldn't be. Was it rain, Eddie? It was weather related. You really – time out a second. You think because there was an accident on the track they were able to leave and go pick up food? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, the police had to come do police reports, Jerry. You know how long that goes when you get into a car accident. Is that why McDowell won half the racers left to go get dessert? Yeah, they left to go get food. And when they got back, it's like, you started the race? We just were getting back. You were too funny. Then I saw something, uh, some news about the NASCAR that gave me chills, reminded me of a number of years ago. I saw Bubba Wallace's, his car failed inspection. Right. And it brought me back to that time when we used to, in New Jersey, I don't know how it was in New York or the other states, but in New Jersey, back in the day, you used to have to get your car inspected every year. Sure. And for whatever reason, I was designated in my family as the, I guess, because I didn't have a job and my everyone else went to work. How old were you? This is like when I was going to Middlesex County College. <laughs> you didn't have a job? Well, I like worked at drug fair or whatever it was. You oh, know, okay. I, I didn't have a full-time job. Got it. And I was sporadically going to classes and sporadically going to my job at drug fair sporadically getting ready for your future by doing nothing all afternoon by doing (laughs) right exactly really preparing but like i was deemed the person in the family that would take your car to go get inspected you're the inspector guy oh and that was when yeah there would be like you'd have to wait in line for an hour and then every car would fail for catalytic converter which I think is what Bubba Wallace failed for. Well, that's fine. The ones that I used to laugh at were the ones that would fail for not having a headlight. Like, how do you yeah. not know your headlights out before you go for inspection? You idiot. Yeah, check your headlight. Because it's such a silly reason to fail. And, and then I have my... to go back and do it again. Oh, my gosh. Yes, then have to go do it again. And if you w- if you went in the beginning of the month, everyone, or the early do-gooders were there, so it was crowded. If you waited till the end of the month, it was all the procrastinators. Yeah, you, you had to try to... the 15th. To... Yeah, you had to try to time it out for, like, the middle of the month. Exactly. Boy, those days are long gone. I mean, I don't know who sits in at a DMV anymore. I do. Why? I went this past summer. I sat for at a DMV. 30 bucks, you can go get it done, and you're in and out in five minutes. I wasn't in and out not too bad, and I got it for free. That's my, that's my taxes at work, Jerry. Yeah, I guess. I just find it much easier. Need an oil change? Do the inspection. Done. See ya. Mm. You think they bother. even do the inspection? They just slap that sticker <laughs> on your car if you're paying for it. No comment. <laughs> you're probably right about that. Yeah. It's just easy. And, yeah. and not only that, if something's wrong, they fix it so that they can pass it. That catalytic converter used to fail. I don't even know what constantly. a catalytic converter is, and I worked in a shop. I just know it has something to do with like emissions. Okay. That would always be the, oh, you failed emissions. I failed emissions? <laughs> At least what you're not in California. That would really be a problem. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Because I said to you before about getting ready for a future of doing nothing all mm-hmm. afternoon. Retired. I mean this in the, yes, I mean this in the sincerest way. Right. I'm not, I am not poking fun, I promise okay. you. So because of the world and the way it still is, while, mm-hmm. yes, we do go out and do some things, you know, the kids do have games here and there, but yeah, not, things do happen. It's not normal. Like our little guy's basketball season was canceled. Matthew's playing, but we can't go watch him. So we go, we watch him at home on the, on the, on a TV screen, which is neat. At least we can watch, but we can't go. 
you know, there's no baseball training yet. We start that in a few weeks. So there's a lot of downtime mm-hmm. of nothing. How in the hell do you do that every afternoon? Well, I am uh, bored stiff, Al, and I have no interest in watching TV. I do not. I will tell you this. My television does not go on until I'm getting ready to go to bed at 7 o'clock. So then what do you do all day when you're not just staring at the four walls Mm -hmm. and bored to tears? Well, uh, me and the dog walk around the neighborhood a lot. But all day? Not all day. We walk around the neighborhood. I listen to Carton and Roberts. I have that on in the background. Yeah, I listen to music too and radio. But you don't feel like you're not being productive. Like I feel like here's what I would say. Yeah. Like I get home, like I've had a work day. I get home by eleven thirty, sometimes quarter to twelve. And it's like in theory, I should rest because I've already worked and I shouldn't yeah, worry you did about your it. eight hours, yeah. I agree. But after an hour or two, I feel useless. And by the end of the night, if I lay down at eight o'clock and put the game on or whatever and fall asleep to that. I feel like I have completely wasted a day of my life because I've done nothing except mm. watch TV or just nothing, just nothing, and walk in the dog. That's good. That's productive for the dog and you. It's exercise. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I feel like a failure at the end of the day. See, I like it. I'll go walk the dog. I'll see what's going on Twitter. I'll have I, some I, lunch. Again, I'll take a little nap. I can't with the Twitter. I I'll get up again and walk the dog. Yeah. Vacuum a little bit. So I you guess know, these the dogs shed a lot, Jerry. You have no uh, concerns and no issues doing nothing all day. As long no, as... <laughs> I'm good. Eddie, we, can you do that I'll thumb too? through a magazine. No. Yeah, it's like it's just, what are we doing? Well, that's why I got a small condo, right? So I have no uh, property to take care of. Right, but I don't either I, right now. I could clean this place up in no time. Right. So, yeah. like There's part of me that feels like, I'm not even joking, that feels like I should get a part-time job <laughs> to fill the afternoon. <laughs> my wife doesn't want to look at me any longer. I'm mm-hmm. home too much. It's like, I don't know. Mark, you I, want me to do the afternoon shift? <laughs> I play the piano. I'll do some piano playing. Uh, that's, I mean, that's productive. You I'll, know? Uh, convert, I'll read some, I'll convert some sheet music to music that I can read. So, yeah. I don't know where the afternoon goes, Gary. <laughs> I wish I had a few more hours. Oh, God. I will say all. this. If I did not have a dog... Then I got you. Then you I didn't have a doing. dog for 15 years. What are you talking about? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I don't know where the day goes. It gets away from me, though, often, Jerry. <laughs> I'm going to take a break before this gets away from us. 517. We are just getting started, as they say in the trade. And then Boomer and Geo on a Monday on the Fan at Six. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, longtime tag team champions. Yeah, that's right. He wears the little boy shorts, and yeah. I like the boxer type of shorts. But whatever, it all works for whoever you are. 524, what do you say? It's a Monday morning in New York City. It is great to have you with us. What else is going on there? Uh, yeah, by the way, the um, these Sunday nights have become a complete train wreck for me sleep-wise. So I wind up coming in at 2.30, quarter to 3. Nice. No, not nice. But you know what the good thing is? 
I find I can never beat Eddie to a spot, and that's fine. Although I did beat him in here today because I was in just left earlier. But I beat Kane to spots. You know your boy from uh, from ninety two three of uh, Kane and Cabby fame from yes. back in the day, right? Doesn't he work mornings? In yeah, he does. So yes, he's got a vehicle we know. Mm-hmm. He seems to beat me to a spot specifically most days. But yeah, when I get he in here that early, I win. He used to be my nemesis in the morning as well. I can see. So now you got to get in earlier if you ever come back. He was one of these guys, though. Uh, without saying to make a model of his car, he for it, he would for whatever reason like in the summers and stuff just like leave his windows yes. open. I was like, what is it? <laughs> He's very comfortable because if you've noticed, <laughs> things are going swimmingly in New York. <laughs> yeah, I just pictures like you know rats running up and down inside his car. It's like, oh, you left the windows open for us. Awesome. <laughs> See if you got any food laying around here, Mr. Kane. There was a guy this morning in the bank that we always talk about by the ATMs. Like, he's not even trying to hide the fact that he's in there now. No. He was up watching a TV show on his phone. Oh. (laughs) Just hanging out in the bank. Relaxing. I'm waiting for him to move in a bed and a couch. Speaking of Kane and rock music, Jerry, I came back with new music from Foo Fighters. Nice. They have a new uh, album out, which I'm not these days. I'm not into listening to full albums of if it's something new. Sure, I'm just like, yeah, give me the single that I hear on the radio, whatever. But I put the uh, Foo Fighters album on from start to finish. It's called um, Medicine at Midnight. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm sure it is. It's the Foo Pre- Fighters. It's pretty good, Jerry. Pretty good, Jerry. Ask me how the new Foo Fighters record is, Al. So I hear you've listened to the new Foo Fighters album. Mm-hmm. What yep. will be your review? It's pretty good, Jerry. It's pretty good. I pretty agree. good. I told you they did like a concert. Uh, I think I told you on the podcast they did a really cool pod uh, concert for Satellite. It was awesome. Yeah, they did. They do streaming concerts now. They may start doing more of that. They said it's pretty good. I was watching. Uh, this really annoyed me. I'm not a huge NBA player, uh, basketball fan, Jerry. You're kidding me. You're not. No, but I saw this LeBron James flopping Friday night. Yeah. This was embarrassing, and I thought our own, of all the basketball commentators, I thought our own Tom Izzo, who works on all of our social media videos, I thought he he summed it up the best. He said, this is why the answer is always Michael Jordan and not LeBron James, because Michael Jordan wouldn't do that. I guess. they. All, I mean, so many of the guys do it. There was one they do? in the... Uh, it really oh, turned God, me yeah. off, Jerry. There was one. I put the Blazers and Mavericks on uh, for a couple of minutes yesterday, believe it or not. And there, I forget who it was on the Blazers that flopped. It was a, he got the warning. He hit a three, and then completely took a dive looking for the four point play opportunity. And the official went over, just shaking his head. No, no, no. Blew the whistle right to the scorer's table. And then he makes it like, what? What did I do? And then they share the replay. It's, it is. It's embarrassing. But that's that's what the NBA's become. I I told you I don't really care for it right now. I really don't. I don't like it. It's not a it's not a great product to me. Like, how does LeBron James look at what he did? Because when you see the video, it is so embarrassing. I have not seen this video, but I have seen him do it before. So oh it does not gosh. surprise me. It now, doesn't. the NBA said they, uh, they they issued him a warning for the for breaking the anti-flopping policy, Jerry. Um, and if he does it again, he could get fined, I suppose. It's but. funny. They actually give warnings in college, too. And sometimes I think the refs get it wrong. Like, there was there was a flop warning in the Rutgers game. Who the hell did they play Saturday? Um They played Duquesne Dukes. No, they played Northwestern. Jesus. Um, And one of the players on Northwestern was given a flop warning. And I'll tell you, watching the replay, like, he got hit. And I thought that was a little much. But, yeah, I mean, it's all over basketball. It's not a shock. They're all trying to get one over on the the refs. Yeah, when did that start? I don't know. Um, It's a good question. Yeah, when did flopping start? My guess would be six, seven, eight years ago. 
Although, you know, I start to see it in, uh, you you kind of see some things in the NFL like that. Occasionally, like if a quarterback gets hit. Sure. He'll go fly. Like I even saw, I feel like I saw Patrick Mahomes do it late in the year. Well, there was one, I don't know if it was Mahomes or Brady, where they were in the Super Bowl. They were being taken down. I, I don't remember if it was a sack or they unloaded the ball. I don't remember. But as they were going down, one of the defender's hand like just grazed their helmet. And they immediately go to the official. Like, you yeah. know, hand, come on. I'm right. with you. It's a, it's a bit much. Yeah, like we know it's been going on in soccer for years, but that's why soccer sucks, right, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a soccer fan, so I'm with you. Some of those are awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but what, like when you see the video of what LeBron James did Friday night, it's soccer-esque. Now I got to pull it up because I didn't see it. Ticked me off. I, I see that. Not bad for someone who wasn't even watching the game. Right. I like, just, how could you even get ticked off? You don't care. You're not, I, you I don't even like basketball. I don't know why LeBron James annoys me. I've been doing Rutgers games for five years. You've never come to one. Not one, and I've invited you. Well, I would would come, but uh, now with this whole coronavirus, nah, thing, nah, Jerry, you can still. I get you. I get your credential. Well, no. Look, how about this? No traffic in. No traffic out. That is true. You there get is your no own traffic section to watch a game. Right. That's true. That would actually be pretty cool. You got to admit that would be cool. Uh, let's see. So it, the headline is LeBron James. Just Eddie, make sure my faders down. LeBron delivers the worst flop of the NBA season. Yeah. <laughs> God. And the ref funny. was right near him, too. That's what I don't understand. I guess he's being blocked out because these guys are so tall and massive. Uh, they are. I'm watching here. Yeah, it's, that's, bad. that's and I, bad. And I see Kevin Durant's going to miss a couple games again. Yeah. Hamstring so, strange. And I don't know where this came from because there was no word of this. I think um, he flopped and uh, pulled uh, his hamstring. Yeah, You can't hear it, but the audio that yeah. is accompanying this. And the Oscar goes to yes. Well, that's part of the video that <laughs> Yahoo put together. It was LeBron flopping, and then they put the uh, the video with it. So it's pretty funny. Um, yes, I will tell you this. Here was uh, here was Durant on the ETC's podcast that you can get the on radio.com. ETC podcast. Yes, he does a podcast. Kevin Durant does his own podcast. It's called yeah. e- What does well, that mean? ETC. I don't know, but that's where the Kyrie Irving sound about not needing a coach came from. That's oh, from right. Durant's podcast. Oh, okay. So remember last week he was pulled off the court last Friday. I guess it was last Friday night, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. So here he was on his own podcast. Oh. He's had enough. I didn't miss six games because of some <laughs> and I ain't even had it. So it's just like I'm over this whole shit, man. All right. I don't even want to talk to nobody else about that after this. Yeah, he's had he, enough. He, he curses a lot in this podcast, Jerry. Uh, yes. Very dirty. Yes, he does. He, does. he curses quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> he's out. Then was it Kyrie who told James Harden he's the new point guard or something? Well, because Harden had 16 assists in the win over Golden State. And he said, you're our new point guard. He basically said, you're the point guard. I mean, you're you're running the show. They call that the dishing, Jerry. Yeah, dimes. In the NBA. Dishing dimes. He's handing out dimes. <laughs> Harden is dishing, di- handing out dimes there and dishing dimes. There you go. That's right. I actually didn't. That's I wanted right. to watch this game. We had a blackout, though, so I couldn't. We had no power for like three, about four hours. You lost Saturday power? Night. Yeah. Ice storm from the I, ice? I guess. I mean, you know, I came back from Rutgers on Saturday. I got home about 8 o'clock, and I want to say at 9. Yeah, it was pretty early. It was 9 o'clock. The power went out. And by 10, we realized it wasn't coming back on. So it was like, all right, let's go to bed. That was it. And then I think it popped back on about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. So, But as long as you woke up with uh, with um, energy, what do you enter? Electricity, you were excited. <laughs> yes, and I had energy because I slept all night. As <laughs> you had energy <laughs> and electricity. I had energy and electricity. How about that? This morning, had I had electricity, but no energy because I've been up since midnight. Right. 
So right now we're on delirium. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, it's um, we're getting close to uh, good weather, Jerry. Uh, spring right around we the corner. Are, no, I can't tell because I see a massive storm coming this week. Again. Ice storm. Oh. There's something called an ice situation or something happening between tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a Significant mess. ice situation. Oh. But listen, spring is right around the corner, no, Jerry. No, it's not. Stop saying that. We've got like six weeks still. Yeah, by around the corner. Like oh. six weeks. Okay. Spring training will be here before you know it. This and week. Uh, This week. <laughs> yes, pitchers and catchers this week. They're playing in an ice storm? <laughs> no, they're in Florida and oh, Arizona. Oh, Florida. Uh, once again, Jerry, Mr. Timothy Tebow has been invited to spring training. Why do they keep doing this? There's two stories that I oh, don't right. understand why anybody writes about at this point. I really don't. Tim <laughs> Tebow being invited to Mets spring training. It's not right. a story this anymore. Could be, no one this cares. This could be the year, Jerry. He's 38. <laughs> That's not going to make it. So whatever. <laughs> and then the other one that I found I found hilarious that people actually wasted ink and mm-hmm. time typing was the one where the daughter of the person that created the Lombardi trophy was insulted because a drunk Tom Brady was tossing the trophy. Who oh. gives a crap? Jerry, well, she needs an apology. That's no, you know what? Crap. Go do something else. You don't she need thought, an apology. She thought Tom Brady was disrespecting the Lombardi trophy, which she says a lot of people put a lot of hard work into uh, creating, developing, making you better respect it. People have sex with the Stanley Cup on the bed next to them. If he wants to toss the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat, and oh, by the way, not drop it, I think it's fine. He's Tom Brady. He's won it seven times. I'm so happy you finished that sentence because the first part about with the Lombardi, with the uh, Stanley Cup was concerning. Why? But, but then you said next stories? to the bed. Yeah. Yeah. You see the drinking champagne out of it. Mm-hmm. They party with it. They have sex around it. There's a lot of things. And it's not like there's just one Lombardi Trophy. Right. They make one every year. Stanley Cup, off. there's just the one. Just knock it off already. So that, to me, was like such a waste of a story in time. After that was I probably goofy. would take the the uh, Stanley Cup with me on a walk with Whimsy. So like, you could just see me parading around Bradley Beach with the Stanley Cup. And Eddie would just load it up with red wine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Bottles of red wine. I'll put margaritas in mine, and there you are, Mr. Borfest, just walking your dog around with it. <laughs> You would fill yours with oatmeal and blueberries. No, margarita, I just said. Oh, margarita. I want tequila. (laughs) I had a lot of that Friday night, which was fun. All right, quick break. 25 in front of 6. Boomer NGO, top of the hour. So much to do on a Monday here on The Fan. Al and Jerry, two scientists responsible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, I hope you get your uh, shots. couple things for you, Al, here. One, I was surprised I didn't see you tag him again because Evan Roberts uh, a couple of things from Carton Roberts here Evan had another one of those uh, tweets that you got on him for last time when you were defending me from Robert Murray who posted uh, the other day Mets pitcher Seth Lugo has a loose body in his right elbow and will undergo surgery February 16th to which Evan responded not good he's speaking to the not good news <laughs> he likes the not good last not time good. you made him captain obvious for that which was well funny. because they attacked you jerry yes. and i will not have that <laughs> i do appreciate I that i will not just stand by while the afternoon show attacks you and then do you remember we went well i didn't go you guys went to houston for the super bowl and greg mm-hmm. opened up the week by just bashing the hell out of the city yeah that it was a dump <laughs> and houston. Was, he went after him again the other day because all the sports stars leaving <laughs> Oh, everyone's leaving Houston, right? They all want out of town. JJ Watt. Yeah, he had a list. I guess there were. I guess there's like ten stars that have left Houston in the last, you know, eleven or twelve Is that months. Right. 
Yeah, it's a pretty big list, maybe a year, year and a half, whatever. And then he went on and said, see, told you a few years ago, Houston sucks. <laughs> see, now everyone's finally getting it. <laughs> That's right. He was he was ahead of his time, as they say. That's right. Jerry, a lot of people on Twitter checking in and tell me that uh, flopping in the NBA started with the European players coming over. Okay. And that they were uh, grew up soccer fans, saw the flopping in soccer. Adapted it to the NBA. One person in particular, Jerry, Phil here on Twitter, is blaming Vlade Divac. Okay. Divac. Both of them. Both Eddie, of those Eddie, guys. Just, Eddie just laughed and sighed in disgust. <laughs> what, Divac? Did I said Divac? <laughs> yes. Vlade Divac? Divac and Studemeyer. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a killer combo, Jerry. You don't want those guys on the court at the same it's time. It's Divac. Divac? Yeah. Vladi Divac. So both of them. So they're wrong too. They said no, Divac. No, not Vladi Divac. 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 Just trying to help you guys. I'm good. Okay. Good news for Boomer Jerry. Uh, the Uh-oh. New York Rangers have begun selling tickets for two seat pods at the Garden. Ah, what are those going to go for? Too much. Couple bucks, Jerry. Pods. Do you think they're like? You know, you go to a pod in a restaurant where they put like a bubble over you. They're going to bubble people up at the garden. I don't that, think that's so. what it says. It says two seat pods. I think that just means you're going to be grouped in two. Oh, seat I'd love areas. it if you had to get into like a a, a big bubble. I will tell you, like I do have dinner boy. reservations for an igloo. Oh, coming this weekend. So yeah. is that right? Yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. A heated igloo. It is a heated igloo. Yes, a little weird, but mm. what the hell. Yeah, I don't. I don't do the igloos. I go right into the restaurant. and I breathe in the COVID. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> because you're so just cocky about your oh, immune system. My immune system, Jerry. I walk into a restaurant. And I go, is there anyone in here sniffling or coughing? I put seat me right next to them, please. There's actually restaurants in New Jersey that have hired Alan instead of the dog to come sniff the COVID out of people. <laughs> <Come in instead. laughs> this I don't. This I'm questioning. I'm questioning this person right here. They smell like coronavirus. And there's whimsy. Man, I lost my job to this clown. <laughs> yeah. I can smell just as good. I can smell coronavirus, Al Jerry. Dukes, the COVID-sniffing human. Instead of being a COVID-sniffing dog, I would just judge people by the way they look as soon as they walk in. Like, no, no, you? You're kidding. I'm like, this guy looks like he's been around some COVID. I wouldn't let him in. All the restaurants now have those uh, partitions, which I like. You came up at dinner last night, actually. Is that right? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I just remembered it when you said judging people at dinner. Yeah, <laughs> yes, because we were have we ordered in last night, and so I, for some reason I don't know why. Uh, oh, I was talking about my expanding waistline because oh. I just I, no matter what I do, no matter how much I exercise, I'm just I have not lost a pound. I'm going the wrong way, and even when I think I've had a good week, I step on the scale. I'm like Jesus, God, I just gained yeah, what happened half a pound. Like I can't get over it. And Joseph said. He goes, well, why don't you eat like Al Dukes does because you always say he doesn't gain any weight. I say, yeah. Do you remember taking the picture where you had bigger thighs than he did, <laughs> which was like three years ago or so? Yes. And then five or six minutes later, Kim made reference about just people judging people. I said, well, we know one of those guys. Have you ever met Al? <laughs> right. So I'd love the, to. You were the top of a conversation last night a couple of times. Oh, well, you should see me when I go out to dinner. I just look around and judge. I, I know judge you what, do. I judge what people are eating, what they're drinking, how they're sitting, what they wore to the restaurant. And now you've got binoculars to judge people on the beach. I do. I'm all ready to go. Spring is right is around the corner. Is there any part of you that thinks that creepy? Getting binoculars? Yeah. To, to, to do what exactly? Don't tell me to stare at the ocean. 
to whale watch. You're not whale. Well, <laughs> you might be, but <laughs> you get my point. Jerry, sometimes I go whale watching at the all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> Hey-o! Style! <laughs> you did that last time, too, man. I did it on the entire uh, cruise oh. we were on a couple years ago. God. When we went to Alaska, I did it constantly to Gina. Gina says, what are we doing today? To me, I'm like, mm, sit out here and judge people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a perfect day for you. That's about what I did all I am seven. judge and jury of all things. <laughs> you do believe that. Yes. Hence why you came up last night at dinner. I'm a big judge and jury guy. I'm aware. Jerry, I got some uh, NFL quarterback news, a couple of stories. One, and I'm going to say this guy's name right because I was taught how last week. A Bucks GM, Jason Light. Right. Not licked. <laughs> not licked. Not licked. Right. Not licked. <laughs> yes. Right now, his succession... <laughs> plan for when Tom Brady retires is Blaine Gabbert. Which is also his succession plan. Because <laughs> he's going to follow right out the door. <laughs> yeah, right. Blaine Gabbert would be like, I think I'm retired too right now. Tom Brady's <laughs> retiring. I've had enough of this league. I've been a uh, backup plenty of times. Oh, is man. Blaine Gabbert the guy that took uh, Colin Kaepernick's job out in... Yeah, I think so. In it San is, Francisco. Right? Yeah, I think so. That's right. And he played on the uh, Jaguars. He's been he's been in a bunch of places, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was like an average quarterback. Speaking of football, you're average. You retweeted the uh, the booms highlights. That was actually, yes. I, I don't remember that game. That was awesome. That was at the vet. Yeah, actually, uh, Sal Licata is the one who told who tweeted about following this account, and I Let did me, it. Awesome. It is an awesome account. Let me get the name of the account so I could tell people. And it, they just randomly play like. Uh, Remember the ESPN, uh, the Sunday night show? What Prime the heck time. Is that called? Prime time. They still have that on ESPN Plus, I think. Yeah, no one's watching that. But, you know, they say they added like 600,000 subscribers. And before you say, oh, that's nonsense, yeah. I will tell you, out of all my friends that I've talked to, I'm like the only one that doesn't subscribe to it. Really? Yeah. Because to me, and I don't because it's too much. Like it's I have enough. so many different things. All my friends subscribe to it, though. All right, this is called uh, Vintage NFL, and it's at, at NFL underscore vintage. And how about and they, the, how they about just the play fact, random games. And it's awesome. And the, Highlights. The, the clip that you posted was the Bengals losing to the Eagles. But how about the Stones on Philadelphia? They were out of timeouts trailing by, I guess they were trailing by three or whatever it was. Yeah. And they still threw the ball in the middle of the field. And the receiver gets out of bounds to stop the clock with three seconds left. And I have no idea who that dude was quarterbacking for the Eagles. Uh, it was 1997. I, you know, I didn't even notice, to be honest with you. Meanwhile, I'm he's wearing sure. Ron Jaworski's uh, number seven was with he? the balls on this guy. It was Bobby Hoyne from Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. But I will tell you, Stuart Scott was very impressed by Boomer that game. Yeah. Boomer just he was threw like for almost 400 yards. Slinging it. The little floater down the right into the right oh, yeah. the end zone. Yeah. And Boomer had two two great running backs on that team. He had Corey Dillon and uh, the Kajana Carter. Kajana Carter. That's yeah, I also down. had Eric Bieniemy on that team. Wow. Did you really? Look yes, he was our third back. But Kajana wasn't a great running back, but Corey Dillon certainly was. Yes. It was and cool, it, though. It was great to see the classic turf at the vet. Oh, oh what a disgusting <laughs> building. I saw that same clip, and I was just thinking about how hard that, that field was and when you got – just absolutely laid out, and a guy would fall on you and then throw his entire weight on top of you. Wasn't that the hardest service in the NFL, the vet? I don't know. Either, e- either there or Houston. Houston was like you'd you'd make a cut, and the, the carpet would actually slide, and the seam would break, and you'd see the cement floor underneath. It's it. unbelievable. 
Yeah. I feel like back then a lot of the stadiums were like that. You had Pittsburgh, I feel like, was like that. Maybe well, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati right? was like that. Yeah, Cincinnati. Same thing. They're all cookie-cutter stadiums. Did you see what Solomon Thomas said from the San Francisco 49ers? He blew his knee out at MetLife Stadium in week two or week one. I'm not sure. He said every team should be playing on grass. Mm. I agree. Get totally her done. Agree. Been saying that for years and years and years. No doubt. You got to put, put those trays down again at MetLife Stadium like they used to. I want to go. I want to go back to the '80s and '90s with these terrible turfed fields. That's what yeah. I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, I also imagine like too. I also imagine guys coming off the field with rug burns in all these places, Very right? Like big be. welts on their arm, their forearms. When men That's what were happened men. to be in the Pro Bowl when Dexter Manley threw me on the sideline. Oh, he was <laughs> and not I ripped up. up. My, I ripped up my entire right arm from the wrist to the elbow. That's a man who takes no days off, Dexter Manley. Yeah, and that was a guy who got screamed at by uh, Mike Singletary. What the F are you doing, you <laughs> dumbass? <laughs> it's a freaking all-star game. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to win the, uh, you know, he wanted to win the uh, MVP, so he got a new truck. That's pretty good. That's good incentive. Yeah. All right, one final break, oh. and then you hear the voice of Boomer. He'll join Gio at the top here on The Fan. Right now, though, a Radio.com Sports Minute. It is Amy Lawrence reflecting on the lasting legacy of Dale Earnhardt. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFA. All right, welcome back. Nobody played locally for us yesterday, so there's really not many scores to give you. So we'll get to all the details of other stuff coming up at the bottom of the hour. But there is the Seth Lugo news, uh, news over the weekend. The Knicks are home for the Hawks tonight. And you've got uh, the Nets in Sacramento. No Kevin Durant because of a hamstring uh, strain, as they call it. What else you got, Al? Jerry does a Bill Belichick teaming with Marcus Mariota at quarterback turn you on. No. Turn me on? No. Yeah, like do you think that is something? No. Marcus Mariota lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but, yeah, but, Bill, Bel- but Bill Belichick, Jerry. We had Cam Newton last year. They sucked. Well, but he had COVID and never was the same after True. that. I'll give you that. That's fair. And also the fact that they lost half their team that opted out anyway. So. It feels like something to me. Okay, what does it feel like? It feels like, you know, kind of like an average quarterback. It <laughs> feels, feels like about an 8-8 eight eight team, Jerry. That's what it feels like. They're filling out a <laughs> roster spot. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I mean, yeah, I take a shot. I mean, Marcus Mariota was a starting quarterback at one time. Good, Go for it. Good oh, and it was a, a high, very high draft choice, if I recall. He was, 100%. But and that goes to your... your does it um, matter? argument that it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter you got to get the right guy the right fit in the right city and by the way you saw that strength and conditioning coach resigned the other day in jacksonville that didn't who resigned long. oh yeah that was Doyle, the guy what, was that his name that urban meyer said we really or vetted Doyle? this guy so we'll be ready to go yes they Doyle. vetted him and then he and then he quit then yeah because he had a checkered past i suppose ah uh, yes and the eagles reportedly still have not received the, the first to talk oh, come on. sports is the fan 